The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. You are listening to Habs and Minded, brought to you by Habs Eyes on the Prize.com. Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Top 25 Under 25. This one is the projects, and again, it's Patrick Bexel and Anton Rasegård with you from Near Earth Orbit in Europe. And when are you listening to this? Hopefully, the American election will have finished. We're not sure yet what will happen when we record this, but one thing that we are sure because it happened directly after we recorded the last show is that. Uh, we have someone that has left Europe. Yeah, and it's not me. It's not you. And who is it? No, it's Hayden Verbeek, um, who uh, after a legendary spell of four games, uh, I even I was talking him up in the former podcast and saying that he he was doing well. I mean, two goals in four games. Maybe this was a turnaround in the Slovakian Pro League for Banska Bistrica. But apparently um, after having... Uh, they were supposed to get together again after uh, some kind of COVID break now, uh, November 10th, but he has already left the team. Uh, so who knows what, where he will go next, if he will just come back to Canada or if there is another loan spell in the works there. Uh, but yeah, as I said, legendary loan spell for Hayden Verbeek in uh, Banske Bistrica. I'm sure they will raise his, um, his, his, his uh, what's it called, his shirt to the ceiling or something. Indeed, indeed. Um However, as number 35, and it's a huge discrepancy between uh, the readers of Eyes on the Price and uh, the staff of Eyes on the Price, and particularly one person in, <laughs> of, of that staff, uh, the player that was ranked tied 20th last year, Jonny Ikonen, uh, is ranked 35th this year. And, and I'll step up and say I ranked him 42nd, which I would assume many... Um, freaks out about but to be sure to be fair uh, over since february let's see here february 18 2019 no, 2019 right or, or you 18 mean the season before as well yeah, yeah 18 yeah he has played uh, I think it's the 28th of april uh, 28th of february 2018 he has played 13 games okay those yeah. were there was a great 13 games but that's two and a half years yeah, you, 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 it, it's incredible. Uh, I mean, I feel for the kid. I really, really do. But it's too much time for a prospect to miss. And that's why I ranked him so low. Uh, well, let's be honest, those 10 games, he was phenomenal. He did some amazing stuff. And it's easy to remember that. But also, what would many Montreal fans and what many Montreal media doesn't realize is that he played those games with someone named Alexandre Tetier that has already gone to NHL, performed in NHL at a very high level. 
he was taken, I said, four or five spots before Econ and in the draft. He has performed so well. He's home in France now because his family is facing some, some problems and illnesses. And, and we hope that Tachia's family is doing very well. We obviously, obviously want Ikonen to prove me wrong. I think he will have a great career in European hockey or, or a good career in European hockey. I struggle to see him play in Ilves at the moment because Ilves is playing so much fun hockey, which would suit Ikonen. But the youngsters are coming through and they are playing very well. So having someone that has missed more than a year of hockey to, to just go into a team and, and perform, I can't see that happening. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised that when Ikonen comes back after his recent injury break, uh, that he might be loaned to Mestis, which is the second Liga, uh, second division in Finland. And it, as I said, it wouldn't surprise me. I can't see him as a prospect anymore. That's why I racked him so far down. Yeah, it's, uh, I hear you. It's totally fair. And as you say, like he's 21 now. And uh, since they like he he's a top six kind of guy, I mean, he's supposed to play an offensive role, right? So you can't just slide him into a fourth line and, and give him a few minutes per game. I mean, he's supposed to uh, gain power play time. And, and you really have a... Yeah, I uh, really have a, a play-driving kind of role. So, as you say, a, a lone spell in Mestis might not be the worst thing to just gain back some confidence and just see what he can still do on a, on a rink at this point. Yeah, and also he's he, he, he has the size against him. He was a good skater, but he wasn't the fastest one. Uh, he had a great vision for the game, and, and I think that is probably still there. But if you're not fast... And, and if you have had this time off, I, I, I'm struggling with it. And it's really, really terrible because I've had a lot of contact with Johnny over the years. I think he's a great kid. I think uh, he's been very smart. He's worked on his studies again as a teacher. I appreciate that. And, and I think uh, he's done very well off the ice. And he seems more focused on the ice when I speak with him. But he also seems very disappointed when, when we text because that's how we communicate most of the time. Uh, and, and yeah, it must be tough mentally for him as well. And can he come back from that? I'm not sure. It's, it's unfortunate because he is the same kind of rewire player that we all loved and, and, and saw potential in, but that also faded away due to a terrible injury or illness in, in his case, maybe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Looking up a step at number 34, we have Alexandre Alain. And oui, that oui. is your guy. Yeah, oui, oui. Uh, alors, uh, Québec, uh, Québécois. All right. Alexandre Alain, I mean, he, he came into the AHL really uh, in 2018-2019 without any without any uh, expectations, really. I mean, he had been the captain for blainville Boisbriand in, uh, in the queue. And... Uh, performed really well uh, during his last season with 87 points in 65 games. And he played quite well on a bad offensive Laval team in his uh, in his freshman year. I mean, he 28 points in 72 games. Uh, not too shabby for, for a first-year uh, guy, for a rookie. Um, obviously, he was... I mean, he's born in 97, so he turns 24 on March 3rd, 2021. So he's one of the oldest players... Uh, we have in the top 25 this year because obviously it's a very young crop. Um, 
but I, for one, I, I ranked him higher than guys like Pezzetta and Verbeek and obviously uh, higher than guys like Ruszynski and, and Henriksen because I think that he is of... I mean, he's a, he's a more uh, flexible guy in your lineup in Laval. I mean, he had 24 points in 60 games last season as well. So he's really taken a spot on, on in Laval and and not. Uh, I mean, he, he has played well, uh, not fantastically, but he's played well. And so I, I think that there is still a role for him to fill um, in the AHL at least. Could he eventually become an NHL call-up? I don't know at this point. I still think he needs a few more years of seasoning, but we've seen what has happened with Jake Evans, who has just taken impressive leaps year for year. Um, could uh, could Alexandre Valin do something similar in the future? I'm doubtful, but he is welcome to prove me wrong. We see also that, I mean, we had a discrepancy on Alain from 27th place as its highest to 42nd at its lowest. So he's also one of those guys who were just really, yeah, there there were wide margin between between the highs and the lows. Um, but he still was never close to a break into the top 25, obviously. Yeah, and uh, it's all also interesting. He comes in, he has a good year with Joel Bouchard. We know that Joel Bouchard seems to cherish the opportunity to coach these guys and and they respond very well to his coaching. So, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if, if Alana takes a, a huge step forward in, in this COVID season that will arguably be uh, a bit different than, than a normal season. One and yeah, and obviously, uh, also, just going back to Alain, I mean, he, he will have to take a big role this year with guys like Evans and, and Paling potentially graduating and getting up to the NHL level. They will look at guys who have a bit of experience in the AHL already, and Alexandre Alain, with two seasons under his belt, is one of those guys now. And and one guy that will be a rookie in the AHL next year is our fire starter, it's Arsene Shizamutinov, and... and this will be for me. This will be really, really interesting to see how he develops under partly under Joel Bouchard, partly to the North European game ring and sides of the rink, uh, and maybe watch him more regularly because he he played on and off with his team and Niftimik last year. Uh, he he was too good for for the VHL, but he wasn't good enough for the KHL. Uh, very interesting prospect. Uh, he has some dangles. He has some skill, but but this could be a really. He has a lot really, of size. He has a lot of size, but I mean, compared, he has a lot of skills for a guy that size, and I think yeah. that is the interesting thing. And and if he responds, as we mentioned, Joel Bouchard, if he responds to Joel Bouchard's coaching and 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 finds himself in in North America fast, this could be one of the risers for next year's top twenty five hundred twenty five. Yeah, it really could. Uh, Risa Mutina was obviously a, a long shot when the Canadians took him in the sixth round last year because he was already 21 years old. Now he's 22, going on 23. But as you said, he played really well during his 14 games in the VHL last season uh, with a point-per-game average. But also, as we know, VHL is not the a high-skill uh, league. It's basically just uh, dump-and-chase hockey. So... 
when he was up with Nefti Chimik Nishikamsk in the uh, KHL, he had a much more limited role, obviously, because he was one of the youngest players on the team. Um, three points in 31 games doesn't show us that he got that much offense done, but it was still valuable valuable minutes and valuable to just be able to play at the KHL level. Um, so it will be really interesting to see what he can bring to the Laval team if and or when uh, KHL starts up again. Because uh, as you say, I think he can be a riser still. I think there is untapped potential in uh, Hisamutinov. Indeed. And uh, I'm going to leave the Minnesota Twins to you. All right. I can take the Minnesota Twins. It feels like these guys will just be compared to each other for as long as they are Montreal prospects. Obviously, uh, we first have Blake Biondi at place, 32. We have Jack Smith, uh, the spot above him at 31, just as they were selected in the fourth round this year. Jack Smith, a couple of picks ahead of Blake Biondi. Both of these guys are from Minnesota. Both of these guys will go uh, the NCAA route. And uh, yeah, I think weren't both uh, going to play for um, for Minnesota Duluth as well? I'll leave that up to you. This, gonna, is, this is your yeah, area of I'm expertise. Gonna, so I'm just going to leave uh, it to yeah, you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they are both going to University of Minnesota Duluth. So they will play together there as well. Um, so yeah, it's fascinating. Jack Smith was not even on uh, most uh, draft analysts' radar this year, um, a lot due to injury, uh, because he was injured for uh, he had two spells of injury. When he played, he was a dominant player in in Saint Cloud Cathedral. Um, uh, had almost three points per game in the regular season, then came back for the playoffs and uh, was equally dominant there. Uh, Blake Biondi was Minnesota's uh, Mr. Hockey this year. So I know that uh, our draft expert for um, our draft expert, David San Louis, uh, is higher on Jack Smith at the moment than Blake Biondi. Uh, but it will be interesting to follow them. And obviously, these are guys like um, similar to Jack Gorniak uh, that we will just have around for a long time. We will see them develop for four or five years into the future before the Canadians have to really make a stand on them and, and just choose if they want to offer them a, an entry-level contract or not. So with guys like, uh, I mean, Jack Smith isn't even eligible to go to the NCAA this year. He goes to the Sioux Falls Stampede in the USHL this year to to then take the step over to Minnesota Duluth next season 21-22 so yeah it will be interesting to follow them uh, going forward they are both highly skilled players but playing in playing high school hockey in minnesota uh, minnesota is i mean it's the state of hockey right but it's still it's still a low level uh, tier so uh, the, I mean, the one that many... mentioned minnesota as the state of hockey obviously hasn't been to quebec yeah, but it's Canada. So, like, obviously Canada is more, uh, I mean, it's the country of hockey and Quebec is the region of hockey. But for for United States, Minnesota is the state of hockey. And um, uh, it's still uh, it's still not that high of a level. So it's difficult to see um, really how, how it will go at the moment. But it will be interesting to follow both uh, Smith and Biondi moving forward and see, see whether they can um, compete at the NCAA level. One thing that hit me after we finished recording last night's podcast uh, was really that, that there is a lot of defensive prospects in, in, the, in the pool. But do you see with, with the 
with the contract of Petri, with the with the Weber having his contract already, with Romanov coming in, with uh, Norlinder uh, in the waiting room, more or less, and and uh, uh, Josh Brook. Uh, we have uh, Victor Mete. We have obviously Gule being being drafted high this year. Is there sort of a stop for 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 defenders in the Montreal organization? Because if you're looking at some of these prospects, and, and some of them are looking really, really, really good at the moment, uh, there, there seems to be um, a number of pros- defensive prospects that can't really play in Montreal. Yeah, I, I, I still, I'm of the opinion that you never stop filling your cupboard still. I mean, it's better to have six really great defensive prospects and having the opportunity to flip one or two or three of them um, than just selecting forwards for the hell of it. Like, obviously, Montreal is more in need of of skilled forward prospects at the moment, but there will always be a deficiency somewhere in the prospect pool. And if you can have a strength and then another team has a different strength and you can be able to maybe... um, yeah, maybe just uh, make a trade with with someone else who who um, who can provide you with with one of your needs. That's great. But as you say, yeah, the defensive prospect pool is incredibly strong at the moment, and and it's interesting to see. As you say as well, like I mean, Weber and Weber and uh, Petrie are getting up there in age. We have guys like Edmondson on a newly signed four-year contract. We have. Uh, ben Chirot with two more years, but he will probably be exposed to Seattle uh, next summer if we look at his contract situation, and he turns 30 next year as well. Um, and and then the younger guys coming up. So, yeah, it's it's interesting to see. But I think they have, for the first time, I feel like they are building the team in a sound way, not just trying to go for one cup run. Uh, I mean, they, they have been doing it now for a couple of years, but I mean, this feels like a solid prospect pool for the first time since I started rooting for the Canadians, at least. Yeah, and also I, I think uh, it's good to have someone like Petrie that plays mm-hmm. in a similar way to Norlander maybe uh, to, to m- nurture him when he comes over. And you, you have Romanov that always speaks highly of, of Weber and thinks that you know he can model his game after Weber's. So you have two of those players that I went on radio last weekend and said Norlin is going to be a star, and and they can learn from from two very experienced and good pros and how to become an even better player in the NHL. Yeah, as we've heard before, I, I think it was Victor Mete who said that when he came up from. Uh, uh, well, when when he uh, was was signed to his entry level contract and started playing in the NHL, how how important it was to have someone like Weber who could just take him in and take care of take care of him when he was yeah, like only 19, 20 years old, um, and just show him what it was like to be a pro. And that is underestimated, I think, still in professional athletics. Just having the older guys who can just help you become. I mean, just reach your full potential. And with these so many um, talented younger guys coming up, it's perfect to have two two staple guys like Petrie and Weber there. This was the episode about the uh, projects that that we don't really know what will happen. One, maybe two will break out of this group. One, maybe two will fall rapidly out of this group and into the next group. we don't know that as always 
be sure to to comment on 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 the podcast be sure to comment on the uh, um, rankings in in the under top 25 under 25 articles that will come out right now we're grouping them together but come number 25 there will be one article a day about one prospect day nothing on the weekends if i remember correctly uh but there is always a discussion you always have something to bring so make sure to bring uh, your knowledge into different prospects into different systems into different leagues everyone is keen to listen everyone appreciates all that they can learn from different project and uh, prospects uh, i obviously really didn't write rate jon ekonen it doesn't mean that i don't like jon ekonen because he is a really great guy uh, we're getting back to you um, for the next episode with number 30 to number 26 which are the near misses and players that usually are on the rise but just 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 missed out thank you very much this is patrick bexel with my colleague anton rausegård anton in wales please stay safe and everyone else please stay safe Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.